welcome to episode three of the Recommended Experience Podcast, where three pharmacists and an engineer talk about our love for games, movies, and shows. Today, we have a very special episode because we're coming right off the heels of Sony's PlayStation 5 Showcase, where they just revealed uh, the release date and pricing, as well as some of the launch titles we didn't expect to be playing uh, this coming fall. To start off, I'm your host for this episode, Alex, and with me are my co-hosts, Matt. Hey. Tiffany. Hi. And Yasser. Hello. And so, beginning with uh, Sony. So, in this episode, we'll be talking about each of the big three and kind of what they'll be uh, offering for us this this coming fall. But, you know, coming off the heels of the PS5 event, I kind of want to get the panelists' opinions of the PS5. So, we know the launch date. November 12th, at least for here in North America and I think Japan and Australia and New Zealand. And I know it's November 19th for essentially... We don't care about anybody else, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> it's November 19th. So just to make it clear, it's November 19th for the rest of the world. But, you know, at least for North America and other countries, it's November 12th. So we'll be playing the PS5 on November 12th. Uh, the disc edition is priced at 499 USD and the digital edition is 399 USD. So first bit, just based off the prices. So personally, I am very surprised that they went with 399 for the digital um, because looking at the specs, it's literally the same exact specifications as the disc version, just without the optical drive. And so when you, you know, from a technical perspective, when you think about how can I ax just an optical drive and get it down $100, the drive does not cost nearly that much. And so from my perspective, I, I saw this as, right, just a response to how Microsoft is handling the Series S uh, in terms of providing a lower spec machine, but at a much more affordable price point. And beyond that, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm happy that they're able to offer this for the people that, you know, don't care about physical and want something cheaper. But honestly, I feel like they have to be taking a hit. But, you know, besides that, I think overall, it's a great, great pricing for the two consoles. I couldn't be happier. I don't think there's any chance that they're not taking a hit on the digital cons. I think we can all agree on that. Like they're losing money on each digital that they sell. Right. And I, I think the strategy is, right, is the software is making it with right. the games because you can only buy games on PlayStation through the store. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an open platform like PC where it's through Steam or Epic Game Store or Origin. So, right, all the, all the software sales are through that store. So they're getting a cut of everything. So, yeah, I think that's what they're banking on. But that's still like, you know, it, it's showing that I guess Sony... I'm not sure if it's a marketing thing or if they care about the customers, but I just feel like they are trying to reach out, right, and give options to the, to the consumer. Yeah, there was actually, I remember them talking earlier this year about how much it probably would cost to make. There was like some, I'm pulling it up now, something um, told Bloomberg that it roughly costs about $450 to make. And that's probably, I don't know if that's the disc version or... But I feel like they've been talking about this from the very beginning. That PlayStation's not worried about losing money per console. I think this just shows that they want to kind of take over that player base that they already have. Uh, because, like we'll talk about later with with Xbox, I feel like 
they kind of dropped the mic on, you know, the Series S of kind of like, hey, if you're a casual gamer, this is the console for you. And it kind of puts a lot of pressure on PlayStation. I, I think this makes them really relevant in this competition. So um, I love that price, which, you know, I'm getting the digital version. So um, I'm kind of benefiting from it. But uh, I think this price is perfect. I don't think it could have been any higher and still been competitive with the casual gamer market. Mm hmm. Because yeah, once you're over $100 beyond what the Series S is, I mean, that's going to be a tough sell for any parent that wants to get a console for a kid going into the holiday season. And it still is, but I think PS4 has that player base, and I think they can make $399 work. They can't make 450 or 499 the cheapest console, work, I don't think. So this was a smart move. Well, wasn't that what PlayStation 4 was launched at was 399 yes yes wasn't playstation 3 that's where they kind of like dug themselves in a hole was when they started out at 499 maybe i'm remembering that wrong but oh no, yeah actually the playstation 3 launched at the expensive model the bigger hard drive mm -hmm. i think it was the 60 gigabyte model Ooh, back in the day oh man it was 599 Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And wow. The, and the tw and the twenty gigabyte model was uh, four ninety nine. Oh wow! And yeah. obviously, that's keeping in mind, right? Like uh, the original PS threes had PS two hardware baked into them, so it was backwards compatible, literally, because there's essentially PS two in them as well. And I think that's part of the reason why I drove up the price. But at the same time, back when the PS three came out, it was the cheapest Blu ray player on the market. So it is that thing of, right, with Sony pioneering that technology, right, as being one of the founders of that format um, and shoving that into this kind of flagship gaming device on top of the PS2 hardware compatibility. It, they did take a hit, and it was a, it was a risk, and obviously it bit them in the behind. And so, you know, as we saw with PS4, they did go down, and, you know, obviously they had to cut ties with PS3 backwards compatibility in previous generations, and... Uh, but obviously that price point was a lot better than what the Xbox One launched at, which mm -hmm. was uh, 499 right? Because it had yeah. the Kinect baked in. So it is that yeah. thing of, right, Oof. it seems like everyone is realizing, you know, let's not have these extra gimmicks bundled with the console and let's just give you the console and then controller to play it with and, you know, keep it as modest as possible that way. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's a pretty smart business model for them too. You know, you have a lot of people that will gravitate towards these digital sales. Um, and, you know, you don't have to pay these box stores for that $70 price tag of these games. You know, that $70 goes straight to you. Um, so I think it's it's overall will probably benefit them in the long haul. So um, I'm $70, happy for it. $70, you say? Well, let's move on to oh, that gosh. topic if no one else has anything to say about the console pricing. <laughs> Oh, as a side note, um, what do we think about release date? So it is November 12th, two days after... Yep, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Two days after the Series X and S, which is mm -hmm. November 10th to Tuesday. Do we think this hurts or benefits Microsoft or, Nintendo or uh, Sony in any way? Or do you, think, do you think anyone's a loser here You know, with Sony going second for this generation? I think they're both the same release week. I don't think it benefits or hurts either of them. They'll get the same amount as if it was the same day, in my opinion. And what about the day? It, Thursday yeah. for the for Sony is kind of a weird day, right? I don't think there's been weird. hardware releases on Thursdays, typically. 
That is true. So PS4 and Xbox One, I believe, release on a Friday. Um, and Tuesdays, I mean, it's used in a lot of different kind of markets when they're releasing DLC, games, um, sometimes consoles as well. So Tuesday makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. But I mean, I feel like a PS5 is going to sell no matter if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday. I don't think it'll make a difference. Do we think there was any concern for Friday the 13th? <laughs> Was it? Do you think that's why? Just as a crackpot theory, but is there any consideration that they didn't want to launch on Friday the Thirteenth? Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I don't I'm so. just wondering because you know games are releasing that day, which we'll come to later. You know, so obviously games aren't afraid of that day. But maybe I would actually is that love even, to know if someone is that. Go ahead. I would love to know if someone in that boardroom was like, "All right, guys, we'll just uh, release at the end of this week, uh, Friday," and then there'd just be like one guy like. Uh, guys, not a big deal or anything, but. So is that even in Japanese culture as like a superstition? That's a great question. Because, you know, like that would be, they would be like. Um, in Japanese culture. Kind of making that decision, right? Yeah. In Japanese culture, like 13 isn't so much a bad number. Usually I hear about the number four being bad. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm not entirely sure about that. But I think, uh, I don't think either day, or like, I agree with Yasser, since it's the same week, I think that they both kind of just are doing their own thing, and I don't think it matters that they're two days apart. All right, sounds good. All right, so moving on to the to the games, right? This, this is what we want. We know when we can play this thing, when we can get our hands on it, the dual sense. but what games will we be playing on? So launching with the PlayStation 5 that day, we have only a handful of games. I mean, more were announced in the in the showcase, which we'll get to. But I guess kind of the the big the two big titles, I think, in my opinion, that are launching with the PS5, Demon Souls Remake, and Spider Man Miles Morales. And I disagree. Those are the two big games. But go on. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, for launch day, for launch day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, that so might be the, true then. So these yeah, are the, never mind. These you're are right. the big games yeah, we you're can right. play the day we get the console. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. He's like, listen, Sackboy is going to rock this world. Oh, no. All I mean, right? Bro, I'm bro so no, excited. it's not Sackboy either. There's a game in that, in that release, um, in that announcement video that they put together that I'm very excited about, yeah. and it's not I, any of those three games. Right. Oh. Oh. oh, is it? So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, I guess so. Starting off, and this is leading, uh, following up with what uh, Matt was leading with. So, Demon Souls remake. The original Demon Souls, I think, came out in two thousand nine. So it's you know over a decade old. It started. It was kind of the proof of concept for from software and uh, you know the Souls games that are now mm-hmm. basically their own genre today. And the the interesting thing is with. Demon Souls is that it is confirmed to be launching at $69.99. So it is Sony's first game that they are releasing on their new console that they're committing to a $69.99 price point for a brand new title. And so I kind of wanted the panelist's thoughts of if do we expect this to continue with all at least first party titles on new hardware going forward? Or do you think that this is just kind of a sign of maybe testing the waters and do you think they'll back off or are we at 69.99 or are we here to stay? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to tell because Xbox really hasn't shown kind of their hand in this, but man, it makes Xbox Game Pass just that much more of a awesome deal. Um, and I think really like when you when you look at the conferences that Xbox has done this summer, they've been highlighting one thing and that's Game Pass. And so I think $69.99 games, all that's going to do is make Xbox's kind of PR work for them. Um, because first party games on Xbox don't cost me anything. They cost me a subscription fee, I guess, um, but it doesn't hurt as much as a one-time $69.99 or like what I'm going to do f in November for PS5, which is going to be, you know, 140 bucks for Miles Morales and uh, with the Ultimate Edition and uh, Demon Souls. Speaking of game subscriptions, Matt, did you catch the like subscription that they were trying to push very vaguely in that reveal? Yeah, I did. Um, so you're referring to the PS Plus collection, yes. right? So yeah, what are that... your thoughts on that? Are you thinking about getting that since you need to play some of these games that you haven't played? Yeah, to, so, you know, for the listeners out there, I'm the only one in the crew that didn't have a PS4 at any time during this life cycle. And a big point of me getting PS5 at launch was because of the huge backlog uh, that PlayStation 4 had so many great exclusives. And so I kind of had my work cut out for me. And so when I saw PS Plus Collection, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Because we've got God of War and we've got Detroit Becomes Human and we've got um, one of the Nathan Drake. Was it the fourth one? The fourth game? Um, there was just so many, so many great games in that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get a subscription for that. That <laughs> sounds like a great idea. Uh, because for me, it makes the transition to PlayStation into that ecosystem all the more worth it for someone that's a new new addition to the PlayStation family. But no confirmation on any type of pricing, right? Because I haven't seen it, at least. Is there? Like, is that just going to be part of PlayStation Plus no, now? No, it definitely seems no. like... Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it's no. going to be part of PS Plus just by itself. And I was no, say it's no totally... To no, it, it is. It could be PS it now. It is part of... Yeah, okay. It could be. It is, no, 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 no. It's, it's totally PS Plus. It's if you if you end up buying a PlayStation Five what? and you pay for a PS Plus membership, you get all those games included on day one. Yeah, that's crazy good. That's that's like a no brainer. If there's no additional cost, then I'm so in for that because you you need PS PlayStation Plus to play online games, right? Yes, and PlayStation Plus no, is basically sixty dollars a year. That is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, here yeah, here on the article, for PlayStation Plus members, we'll have a new special offering on PS5, the PS Plus Collection. PlayStation 5 owners with the PS Plus will be able to download and play a curated all right, library all right. of PS4 Definitely games edit that out. We can't look that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, I think that's I think that's good. Like The point is still that that is something that they marketed. And for someone who wasn't part of the PlayStation 4 ecosystem, for me, it makes getting a PlayStation 5 at launch that much more of a no-brainer for me. You know, when we talk about some of these other games, which, you know, we haven't mentioned yet, but Miles Morales is going to be on the PlayStation 4. They also mentioned that Sackboy, another one of the PS5 launch exclusives, is going to be on PS4. And then um, one other, the Horizon... Uh, Forbidden West is going to be on PlayStation 4 eventually when it when it comes out. Um, to me, that you know that decreases the need to go into a PlayStation 5. But for, you know, on my specific situation, 
you know, when you have PS Plus collection and you have all these other reasons, like for me, PlayStation 5 is, is going to be a no-brainer for me to switch to. Yeah, actually, um, when that, when I saw the PlayStation collection and you pretty much had told me, Matt, that you were going to go to with the digital edition, I was like, that makes complete sense. Because if you go digital and then you get the online PS Plus, which I totally recommend um, to play online games, you know, like Fall Guys uh, and maybe Sackboy, the game, you'll have access to all the the pl- great PlayStation 4 games. So I think that's like a great deal. Mm-hmm. And for me, so oh, well, I just wanted to give my opinion about the prices of the games, at least on the PlayStation oh, yeah. side. So when there was talk about the games getting $10 more expensive a few months ago, I kind of just thought it was time. So, you know, our games for PlayStation 4 and Xbox have been $59.99 for a long time. And these consoles have been out for like years. So it kind of made, it just made sense to me that publishers would move to charging an extra $10 with next gen, just like in terms of parts of inflation. I mean, you just look at like DVDs and Blu-rays and 4K, Ultra, Violet, whatever, you know, movies, those prices have gone up with every iteration. So this this new console generation, I just thought the $10 made sense. You know who I don't, who I hope doesn't adopt this uh, $69.99 price? Nintendo. Because they'll be $69.99 for the rest of their life. (laughs) Then they'll go on sale for $59.99 like eight years down the road. And we'll be thinking it's a great deal. Um, But like especially because you can get a pretty good PlayStation 4 games for pretty cheap, right? They like they they put them on sale. Yeah, pretty often. So I guess it's it might just have more of an effect at the time of launch and maybe in the early life cycle. Um, But maybe, you know, down the road, it's not that much of an effect on on the gamer. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely be talking about what Nintendo's doing for the fall, you know, in opposition to. Uh, PlayStation, Microsoft a little bit later. Uh, But on the topic of games, so as we mentioned earlier, so PlayStation 5 Showcase, they showed a lot of games. What were the panelists' games, or what were the games the panelists were most excited about? I just want, like, what was your, maybe, like, top three? Like, what what were the top three games that that excited each of you the most? And I guess I'll start. So, for me... Uh, it's kind of what was at the top of the show. Um, Final Fantasy 16 was officially announced. And uh, interesting information I learned about after the showcase was the battle director for 16 was actually the combat designer for Dragon's Dogma and Devil May Cry 5. Um, so, if you, so if you saw a little bit of Devil May Cry combat, which I thought I did in the trailer, uh, it makes sense because it was the combat designer from Capcom. Um, so I'm very excited for that kind of more leaning action oriented combat that 16 is going to show off. Not too sure about its thematics, uh, cause I'm not necessarily a fan of kind of the more Western style of fantasy. I do like the kind of, I guess, sci-fi fantasy or kind of more Japanese oriented fantasy that's out there, but you know, excited nonetheless. Um, second game I was excited about was Miles Morales, um, Honestly, the gameplay they showed, which was kind of the first like true gameplay cut we got of Miles Morales, uh, looked amazing. 
it definitely looked a lot cleaner, a lot more action focused than Spider-Man 2018 on PS4 did. Um, and maybe that it was because of a lot of the you know electricity effects that Miles seems to use in his suit and combat abilities. But I'm definitely excited for how the combat looks a little bit more action packed. So it's definitely a, a leg up on what the original Spider-Man did from Insomniac. And I know it didn't get a lot of screen time, but they did show it in the montage because, you know, after they kind of showed off a lot of uh, games, they kind of not necessarily ended the the showcase, but they mentioned. So God of War Ragnarok, they confirmed to be next year, which honestly, you know, God of War 2018, my game of the year 2018, but I did not expect the sequel to be coming this early, especially because we're also getting Horizon Forbidden West next year. And I'm just excited from a 2021 standpoint of getting games like that. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 did not have a year, but if we got that next year too, that would be amazing. Um, and my only hopes for that is because the trailer had English voice acting. And so it's, you know, voice acting is usually something that comes later in a game's development. So if they have English voice acting now, I'm expecting it maybe soon, but, you know, I won't pull my hopes up. Let me ask you a question about yeah, uh, God of War 2, or God of War Ragnarok, I guess. Um, do you think that this is like a full-blown sequel, or do you think that this is more on the lines of like a Miles Morales, or um, what was the Uncharted spinoff that was like its own Lost game, Legacy. but... Yeah. Uh, do you think Legacy. it's more aligned with those, or do you think that this is like a full-blown spinoff? With the 2021. So this is treading... Right. This is treading careful ground. I think it is a full-blown sequel, and that is due to the ending of the first game, which I will not go into because you have yet to play, play it. it in November but, and or December. Right. And so when you when you see the ending, it very handed, heavy-handedly hints that this would be the sequel, at least story-wise. So yeah, in terms of scope that is a good question i would hope in terms of how the first game set the story that it is a full-blown okay Uh, perfect but yeah uh, i can't like there's no other confirmation besides that that it could be the scope of like a miles morales or lost legacy but at least story implications it has the two or sequel level of gravity to it so i agree with you god of war has to be on that list that looks well obviously i don't know what it looks like but that sounds like we're getting it much earlier than much a lot of people expected so very happy to see that um as far as the other two games that are on the top three of my list uh, so the one that has to be on there obviously is spider-man everyone's excited for that and it did look really good i was kind of iffy on it early on in the trailer like oh okay this looks like a ps4 game um but then when they got into the action scenes i was like okay this is a little bit this is a little bit extra and i I definitely enjoyed that and then lastly is a game that's not a first party studio and i can't wait to play this game um the new hogwarts game hogwarts legacy Mm, super excited (laughs) this is a harry potter game from the looks of it um it's the type of Harry Potter game I've been waiting for forever. Like a true RPG, you can do pretty much everything that you normally see in the movies, like within Hogwarts and outside of it. So that looks that looked really good to me, and that's pretty exciting. The graphics weren't that great, but honestly, if it's an RPG game, I'm I'm in no matter what. <laughs> Yasser, I completely agree with you, and the Hogwarts Legacy game is a 
really is also in my top three. To be honest, when I saw everything, I was like, I really hope we can design our own character. And oh I gosh. actually hope that each, like, I what I really want is that there to be four storylines and mm. that each house character has their own storyline. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I really want to be able to, like, design my own student, but then let's say if I decide my first quote-unquote playthrough is Ravenclaw, that go a totally different direction than playing as a Slytherin student versus playing as a Hufflepuff student or something. You know, that's what I, that's what I really hope happens, but I don't know that it necessarily does. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not sure if they would be able to do that, though, because it seems like they have so much going on outside of Hogwarts, too. So that would be a lot to kind of partake for a developer to put together but i mean i would be all for it if they did pull that off <laughs> yeah i'm wondering if it's really just you the only thing that's different is that your house um your quarters just you know you get access to your own house but everything else is the same um because that, i mean i feel like that's probably what's happening um but in terms of the other two games that i'm very excited about i am excited for miles morales i am currently debating about if I should get the regular version or the ultimate version, even though I have Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 played it and I have the DLC, I've not played that at all. I don't know. Just the whole talk of like we've up the game and it there's ray tracing and everyone's face looks better and that <laughs> I just have to think about that because I'm like, oh, only $20 more and I can see the light shine on the puddle like, so <laughs> real <laughs> tell me more yeah, so, oh puddle oh you're bringing up puddle <laughs> yeah, like, so um i have to think about that so that was my second favorite and then i think the third game that i was pretty excited about probably it it's probably maybe final fantasy 16 um, I mean, to be honest, I'm not. It felt very Crusader type storyline, or like you, they keep talking about like crystals, and you know, um, like the the kid in the thing looks like he's a phoenix boy, and I'm just, I'm, I'm intrigued by the storyline, and I, I like the look of like medieval chocobos, but I think I have to see like a little bit more about what kind of characters they have. Um, but I think the most hype I am, like the most game hype I have is really for Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Hogwarts, like, it doesn't matter what it's going to look like. I know I'm going to get that game. Like, I know. I just know I will. I want to be a Hufflepuff like I am in real life. Oh, and, my like, God. Go around this guy is a doing Hufflepuff. whatever I want to do. Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, to PS PlayStation's, you know, benefit it actually probably would only be an honorable mention there was three other games i was probably a little bit more hyped for like of course miles morales of course i'm not gonna belabor the point it's great we're all gonna play it um i'm really excited about it um but really the other kind of launch title that i'm really excited for is demon souls i'm a big Soulsborne fan and i've always heard about demon souls is kind of like where it all began and so i'm excited to do it it looked fun um it looked nice like it looked a little bit clunky it looked like a 2009 game that looks better um but i think even with all that i'll, I'll be completely blown away and I'll, I'll probably play through that game as many times as i have to to get the platinum um so really excited about that but one game that was every time they show it i'm just more and more ready for it 
Um, and unfortunately, it got delayed until 2021. Um, but Deathloop, um, I guess it's published by Bethesda. And it looks so much fun. Um, this whole you're an assassin and you have to take out eight targets in a preset preset amount of time, all while another assassin is coming after you. Uh, the possibilities are just endless. Like roguelikes are kind of all over Nintendo Switch eShop, and I was playing a lot of it while I was on vacation. Um, but this is kind of like a new take on a roguelike where it's preset and you have to you have to go do these things. And I love the whole oh, if you do this certain task, you can get two targets in the same area and kill two birds with one stone. Like I I just think that's so clever. And it's not something where you're just going to eight points of the map and, and taking them all out. You can get really strategic with it. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm glad that we they nailed it down to a specific quarter. Uh, it's going to quarter two, 2021. So uh, looking forward to all these games. Great. Anyone have any uh, lasting thoughts about uh, PS5's showcase today? <laughs> Any other takeaways you would like to express? Um, I would like to say something. So when <laughs> after the showcase, honestly, and this was before I saw all the news about the blog posts, you know, providing more information, I was, I was thinking, because during the showcase, they didn't actually announce any dates. And after I saw that information, I was like, do I even need this right now? But then after the blog post explaining the dates and prices and then the flurry of, you know, companies, retailers posting the links for pre-order and then them disappearing in front of my eyes, I just got (laughs) swept up in the hype train and ordered like three freaking consoles (laughs) (laughs) all right all right don't put it out there listeners please please don't be mad at her okay she's not the reason you didn't get one you know it's your neighbor yeah it's your neighbor's at fault not well i mean like they're all for like it's not just for me yeah one's for matt one's for another friend like just because i got there quick enough but honestly like i think the fear of not even getting it before Christmas if I miss, you know, if I didn't pre-order it now, like suddenly struck me when all these links were going everywhere. So I just, I think I was just caught up in the moment, but I'm, but I'm really excited now that I have one on the way, potentially I'm very excited for the games to, to play. I think this answers your question, Tiffany, that you texted like a week ago of like, do you really (laughs) think that, playstations are going to sell out before christmas and all that (laughs) i think they probably will (laughs) yep so you know whenever you're listening out there hopefully either before the ps5 comes out or if it's already out hopeful to anyone that wants one can get one uh i know that there were some production concerns uh rumors kind of floating around the the internet saying that there might not be as many units available as originally uh predicted but hopefully you know if if you want one you can get your hands on one and you know please don't buy uh through a scalper um just wait i mean it's i really don't think it's worth it to pay any more than the retail price for these things so if you if you see it out there for you know more than the retail price just you know please wait 
And on that note, I guess we'll be moving on to Microsoft. So I I do want this episode to be the comparison of what the big three are offering. You know, as we're coming hot off of uh, Sony's offering and pricing and moving on to Microsoft, Microsoft is taking a vastly different approach than Sony to this next generation, right? And that's through the Series X and Series S models. And so kind of a brief summary is that the Series X is what, you know, Microsoft first had as a truly next generation machine, you know, 4K, 120 FPS compatible, you know, up to 8K potentially, no word on FPS at 8K, but you know, it can output that uh, resolution, Um, you know, using the Xbox velocity architecture for memory IO and throughput, you know, this is the box that you want if you want to play next generation games. And on the flip side, they did surprise us by announcing the Series S, which is a much uh, more restricted kind of next-gen console, not as powerful as the Series X, but much more of in the budget sphere of um, this is this can deliver you a sufficient next-gen gaming experience, but not necessarily at a high price point that you know would cost you if you were to get a Series X. So I want the panel thoughts on this in terms of. What do you think Microsoft's approach in kind of designing these two, you know, very distinct uh, consoles at very, you know, different price points, the Series X being at $499 and the Series S being at $299 and kind of coupling that with, you know, as we know, they're making great strides in development and Game Pass and how they're offering games via the subscription service rather than, you know, just relying on, you know, singular game sales. And so, you know, thoughts on this in terms of, do you think this is kind of, is this Microsoft going a different route than Sony just for the sake of it? Or is this, you know, do you think this is a better approach than what Sony's doing, uh, you know, in the traditional way? And It's different. It's different. I wouldn't say one's better than the other. They're just different. Um, I think Xbox has really um, dug deep on what they're trying to do. Um, you know, for this is a hard time for a lot of people. You know, coronavirus has kind of put a lot of people's lives on halt. Um, you know, you have a kid that wants a next gen console, three hundred bucks. Um, when that three hundred buck console is probably going to have a month of Game Pass in the box itself, that's an excellent Christmas gift. That's an awesome Christmas gift. Um, you know, this is kind of. If you want your entry drug into next generation consoles, you know, the Xbox Series S is great. Um, I think it's it was a big move. You know, of course, they got leaked and they were supposed to have it officially announced this week, um, but it got leaked last week. Um, But I think that price point of 300, whether or not that had any effect on PlayStation, um, it did make waves and um, it was a big move. For Xbox but I think you know with Game Pass it's all about value and it's all about accessibility that's what I think that Phil Spencer is really trying to drive home and I appreciate it you know as someone who you know none of us can afford to spend <laughs> as much money as we want to on these games or you know put in enough time to buy all these you know whether or not they're 60 or 70 dollar games um, at launch all the time and it's nice to know that you can buy a you know great console that gets you to that next generation knowing that when halo comes out you'll get it as part of the subscription service um so it's different than playstation um but it's just as valuable and i think it really benefits every gamer whether they're playstation or xbox 
So I'll make a note of that. Matt prescribes one Xbox Series S for your 14-year-old. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I think I was really shocked by the price when it was... First of all, can I just say, with the leak, Microsoft marketing like handled it nailed like it. a champ yes <laughs> so good freaking nailed it it was amazing the fact that they reacted so fast overnight like i applaud them um but yeah so when i found out about the price about the s i was really surprised at how affordable it was and then hearing about the payment plan also made it like crazy good especially for you know all the things that have been happening this year with the pandemic and those who've had job changes, um, voluntary or not, and, you know, all the economic crisis that's been happening lately, having that payment plan for e- either console seems like a really great option for a lot of people. Uh, so I think that the S is also, like, I completely agree with Matt that it's a great option for Christmas for anybody. Yeah, I feel like the Series S kind of is the the jumping point that someone in the opposite um, situation that Matt's in, where he's got all these Xbox games and he's already in the ecosystem. He wants to be able to enjoy PS4 games, so he got that lower entry point of the digital with the PS Plus collection to get him all those games that he missed out on. I feel like the Series S is going to be... a pretty much the same thing for those PlayStation people that have always wanted to play some of the Xbox games and they maybe don't have a PC that they can try them on either. So not only are they going to get the Series S, but they're going to get Game Pass, which has every single Microsoft exclusive that comes out starting now and a bunch of ones that have already come out included in the subscription. And you get to play all those games right from the get-go. I feel like that's going to make a lot of playstation owners either get the series s as their starting console or the series s as their side console after they get a ps5 which is really smart on microsoft's part because you don't care whether or not it's their main console you just want to make sure that people are jumping into your ecosystem and i feel like the series s is a great way to build that ecosystem beyond what you saw with the xbox one which obviously fell behind uh, the ps4 pretty quickly and we don't really need to get into why that happened but It's a very good recovery move. And I feel like the big thing that some people still aren't talking about that Tiffany brought up is that monthly plan that you can go with. And it's going to be really interesting to see how retailers kind of jump on that plan and see how they market it. Uh, Because like you can go to a Best Buy, right? And you can get that kind of similar plan for a phone pretty easily. Um, Usually you're either talking to like a um, cell phone rep like Verizon rep that can walk you through it or they're going to have someone specifically hired to kind of explain that system for you so it'll be interesting to see if Best Buy and other companies other retailers have like some sort of Microsoft or Xbox expert there to kind of walk through the monthly packages for customers as they come through the holiday season because that's actually one of the better deals especially if you don't want to pay that like $400 price over the holidays. So just to go over if, um, I don't think we have already, it's $25 a month for the Series S and that includes, so that's for 24 months and that includes the Series S console and 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate. So that gets you access to online and the entire Game Pass library 
both on Xbox and on PC. And so it's $25 for the Series S and only $35 for the Series X. So it makes that jump even easier for someone who wants to go all in on next gen and get that Series X as well. I feel like that's going to be something that is going to really drive Microsoft sales in this upcoming season when a lot of people are struggling with COVID and they still want to get gifts for their family members. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that develops because PlayStation, as far as I know, doesn't have this kind of program or do they? No. Uh, As of right now, no. No installment plan. Right. And what's interesting is if you look at what the price ends up being after 24 months, it's actually a little bit less than what you would be Mm -hmm. paying if you got the console by itself and got Game Pass Ultimate um, on its own as well. So. That's I think that's really interesting and we'll see how much they market it because that's going to be the important part is like are people going to be aware of this as an option when they're out holiday shopping so we'll see. Right. Yeah, and I know, you know, if you look at the product pages on uh xbox.com for the Series X and Series S, those plans are all the yeah. way at the bottom. <laughs> it's you true. Need to scroll to the very bottom of the pages to see that they're offering that service. And it is very weird to me that, you know, it's something that, you know, like you said, it is a great value in terms of you ultimately end up paying less than the actual cost, or at least for the S, I think. I think for the X Mm -hmm. is the cost. It's something like that, right? Um, But yeah, you, yeah. So you pay basically less than the actual cost of it. You can pay over time and you still get access, right? During the duration of your payments to Mm -hmm. Game Pass and you can play all those games all at that, you know, I guess, quote unquote, nominal fee. So it is weird to me that they would they don't seem to be pushing it as much as they should be. Um, albeit, I guess there is that still draw that they do want the money up front. So I think they'd rather you buy the hardware like in full rather than go the installment plan just to say, oh, look at how many, you know, how much, you know, profits or whatever numbers they care about. But yeah, it definitely is something that has put them on a different path, you know, kind of doing this installment plan and providing Game Pass to kind of let players pay less to, but still enjoy the games just yeah, like and to else their can. to their credit it'll be interesting to see how it plans out or pans out once the pre-orders actually start because that's when they're really going to start pushing the prices and what's available um, for customers consumers so right now honestly they're not even available for pre-order so maybe that's why it's at the bottom they're really just trying to introduce the console first and then once pre-orders and pricing is available, that's when they'll start pushing it more. But you're right. They need to make sure that this is one of their top priorities when they're advertising it. Because I don't think I've seen enough as far as advertising and commercials that goes mm-hmm. over the monthly um, subscription cost. Although I, I know I have seen it, um, but I feel like they definitely need to push it if they want a big consumer base this holiday season. Great. Uh, Any other takeaways for Microsoft for uh, this upcoming generation? So I think one of the bigger takeaways is, um, I think for both consoles really, is why am I going to buy this console this holiday, right? And I think that is the tougher question to answer on Xbox's side. I think it's tough on both sides, but especially on Xbox because you have all these great games, sure. Um, but you have them accessible both on the current gen and you have them accessible on next gen. So really you're paying 
potentially a premium if you're buying the console outright to really be future ready um, when you don't necessarily need those high-end consoles today or this holiday unless you just want to enjoy a lot of the games that are already out at that max quality like cyberpunk that's coming out this holiday hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood um, <laughs> and all the other games that are already on game pass that you're going to be able to access um, as they release enhanced patches for like maybe red dead or what other 4k 60 games that would look beautiful like forza horizon and gears of war mm-hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to see um, how else did they try to incentivize customers to buy this holiday versus later on? Viva Pinata in 4K. Can you imagine? Oh, 60 That's frames per... 120 frames per second? Imagine. 8K, 120 oh frames. <laughs> <laughs> the, the frames are searing the, my eyeballs out of my head. It just turns into bug snacks. I can't keep up with how fast they are. <laughs> oh you can only hope. Yeah, I just become, you know, Viva Pinata bug snack <laughs> eyes. There you go. Well, so... On that note, you know who doesn't have to worry about pushing new hardware for this fall? And that's Nintendo. I'm shaking so, my head right you know, now. Nintendo. It's coming you know, Nintendo, there's no rumor. I mean, there are rumors of new hardware coming out early next year. But at least for you know this fall season, we don't have to worry about buying more than two consoles, hopefully, or maybe one. I don't know. You crazy people out there are going to buy you know, the Series S, X, digital, and disc edition of the PS5. Who knows? Someone out there will post a picture on Instagram or something. And let us know if you do. Michelle, um, you know you did it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at least we can look to, to the games. So Nintendo still bring out games, albeit they are not as many as you might think in comparison to previous years. But, you know, we're, we're going to go over this kind of short list. Um, and kind of just hit the notable ones that are coming out. And I guess the first one being as it's being so close, is Mario 3D All-Stars. So that's coming out this week. It's coming out. We're we're recording it the week of uh, September 16th, obviously right after the PlayStation event. But that's coming out this Friday. And so, panelists, what are your thoughts on 3D All-Stars? So it contains Super Mario 64, contains Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. So, you know, three classic 3D games, all all of the name 3D All-Stars in the vein of, you know, Super Mario All-Stars back on the Super Nintendo. And uh, it only contains these three games. And on top of that, the improvements to the games aren't as what you'd expect from recent re-releases of games. You know, it's not necessarily a full-on remaster or remake like Demon's Souls or uh, other games that have come out like, you know, Final Fantasy VII uh, earlier this year. And so... It is a it is a full price package for these three games, but not necessarily the full upgrades you'd expect. But is it worth it to get it just to be able to play these? So, games just as a primer question, what upgrades do these games have? So, to my knowledge, Super Mario sixty four still runs in four by three aspect ratio. However, it is up res to seven twenty p, and. It is so it's not the version I think that's from the Wii U port. So it is a separate port of the original for Switch. So it's essentially just an up res to 720p resolution and it maintains the same aspect ratio because I don't think that's possible unless they remake it to change that. Um, Super Mario Sunshine is up resed 
to 16 by nine aspect ratios, you know, full widescreen. And in terms of resolution, I think it's similar because I'm not sure if any of these run at 1080p. I think they might run at 1080p. I think Sunshine and Galaxy are 1080p, but at least docked. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then Galaxy, I think it's just similar upgrades that Sunshine got. So they they are up res, but not, you know, these aren't like full 1080p, 60fps up reses. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Matt. I want to hear your I want to hear your thoughts, Yasser. <laughs> Where are my remasters, fellas? I'm asking Nintendo for real remasters. I don't I would pay more than $60 and get a Switch if I could get all of those 3 remastered with Galaxy 1 and 2. Then you can talk to me. But right now this package just does not cut it. I can play these games on emulators on my PC if I wanted to, which I obviously don't want to do. I want the full re-enhanced remastered packages, but here we are. Nintendo selling us half-assed ports at $60. You know, it's kind of being Nintendo being Nintendo, and that's kind of a shame that I say that and all four of us know what I'm talking about Um, because they do weird things. And honestly, I was I was very happy for it. Um, I pre-ordered it, and it's going to be on my Switch in two days. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a sucker, but who cares? <laughs> You're not my boss. <laughs> um, but, you know, honestly, I was happy because it was $60 for three games, and I could have seen Nintendo selling all of these separately for $30 each because that's something that I could see them doing. Um, so I was almost happy that they didn't do the worst possible thing. Um, I'm very disappointed about Super Mario 64, mainly the aspect ratio. I think that's just ridiculous. Um, when PC emulators, they're able to have a full widescreen. Um, and I just don't, I don't understand it. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do it myself, but I feel like Nintendo, you have the source material. You have people that are much smarter than me. Like, I feel like you could have done it (laughs) if you wanted to. Um, I don't understand Galaxy 2 not coming to the full release as well um you know with the uh the wii u game um that's also being released um quarter one of 2021 um the uh, super mario 3d world you know i would have expected that to be in the game but since it's having its own thing i get it um but galaxy 2 just being absent from a 35th anniversary when people talk about Galaxy 2 as being one of the best 3D iterations of Mario just kind of had a, like a little vacancy in my in my excitement um am I still excited for it yes am I going to play the heck out of the three of these games yes um but it's going to be a nostalgia factor um especially for Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine um I'm very hesitant about my excitement for Galaxy uh because I plan on playing it with my pro controller and, you know, motion controllers, it was on the Wii. Motion controls is a thing. Um, I know you can use one of the, um, one of the Joy-Cons as motion control if you'd like to, but I honestly just want to play this on my pro controller. So it'll, I'll be interested to see how they handle non-motion controls on a game that really did have quite a bit of motion controls in it. Um, so I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about it. I'm happy about it. Um, but 
it's it's just a half effort in a lot of ways um, by Nintendo. That being said, you know, I pre-ordered it immediately. <laughs> like, as soon as the video ended, I think I was on caps lock to Tiffany while this was happening, just freaking out. Yeah. Because it was great. Like, it's great news. And But I'm a Mario fanboy. Like, it's, it's Doctor for me. Um, but, you know, I get all the criticisms, and I, I feel for them. And one thing that I still don't understand is why they're limiting this release until March. And that goes for a lot of things that they released in you know the most recent direct um this limited release makes no sense to me um so i don't know if we want to talk about that as well um but i mean we're going to because the only reason i pre-ordered the game as well is honestly because of fomo of it disappearing Mm -hmm. in march fomo fear of missing out for those that (laughs) don't know (laughs) for all the kids out there they know (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so basically once they told me, once they announced it's going to be a limited situation for physical and digital, and the fact that I've only played Galaxy 1 with Alex when we were growing up, I played as uh, Lumia. Wait, that's the name of the star, right? Luma. 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 I played as Luma, and Alex was Mario. And I, we played the entire game where I was his, um like... I was a little star. Star, but yeah, I was a star. I mean, yeah, basically in both ways. But um, yeah, like the, the pseudo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but once they said that it was going to disappear in March, I was like, "Dang, I'm going to have to. I think I have to. I should just get this because I hadn't played 64 or much of Sunshine. You've so never played Mario 64. I didn't have a 64, Yasser. Like that's oh my, my gosh. Mario. That's oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I've okay, never Okay, uh, this is Mario. essential then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the progenitor of 3D platformers. Okay. Yep. Never played it. So this will be this is my time now and I've ordered it and I'm hopefully it'll arrive on Friday if it doesn't. Should have gone digital. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of my question though. So if it's available digital, why do you have to get it right away? Can't you just get it February digital? They can't run out of digital copies, right? Well, so they're doing the Disney tactic of basically vaulting the but at March, the game, right? The but yeah, you, you you could have waited yeah, yeah. if you wanted in March, to. yeah. Okay. So okay, so um, clarifying that. <laughs> but thoughts on that, like thoughts, like on this kind of pseudo Disney fied, like kind of you know, cr- uh, was it intentional, you know, lack of supply, high demand type of thing. Do Classic we think Nintendo. is this? Is this yeah. Nintendo? Yeah, is this Nintendo being greedy, or is this kind of a Nintendo fair being Nintendo way to say this is just a special event? I, I I don't understand, but you know, one thing that I'm thinking might be the reason is because you know, Legend of Zelda, their thirty fifth thirty fifth anniversary is next year, um, and maybe March ends Mario's run, and then we start getting all these things for Legend of Zelda. Whether that is, you know, Skyward Sword remaster, which I thought was going to be announced for this coming fall, um, or you know, Breath of the Wild two, um, maybe that's where this comes in. But I, I honestly don't see it. Besides, you know, you do get sales from people like Tiffany or you know, any other person that might think, well, you know, these games are classics. I should just get it while I can. Um, maybe that does have some economic value for them. But to me, it's just 
very you know when we're talking about accessibility and being for the fans and gamers that xbox has been this generation and moving into next generation this is probably the opposite side of that you know i I don't think that this is very accessible and i don't think that this is really pro gamer um and it kind of seems almost like just a business move all right you heard it here Nintendo, not a pro gamer move. We're going to have a running list of uh, masterpieces. <laughs> yeah. Clickbait. Perfect. <laughs> well, so, you know, we're not getting that Skyward Sword remastered this year. You know, that supposedly is coming. But we are getting another remaster. Pikmin 3 at the end of October. Next. Yeah, so, seriously. Yeah. Is anyone excited oh, about this? No. The, okay, perfect. Is anyone excited? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, Did you have anything to say about that? Okay, Alex? so the open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we can move on. Perfect. <laughs> so, at least in my opinion, the only other notable thing we have coming out that Nintendo's offering uh, Switch owners this year is uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, um, coming out. I think November thirteenth. No, November twentieth. November twentieth. Oh, okay, November 20th, you're right. So the, the <laughs> week before uh, Black Friday here in the States. Um, so, prequel to Breath of the Wild. Set, set 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild. Uh, still in the Dynasty Wars style gameplay, a la Hyrule Warriors. And, uh, you know, covers the pre, you know, Age of Calamity, right? In terms of, you know, having the champion, you know, playing as the champions, of the land and in the art style of breath of the wild. So yeah, they actually worked with the Nintendo team and remade the game in that same art style. Personally, I've never played breath of the wild. I do respect it as a game, but I'm definitely a big fan of its art. So I do appreciate that they are using the same art style for this game. But uh, I was looking to see panelists thoughts on this. So do you like it? Do you do you want this this story? I know people want this story, but do you want the story in the Dynasty Wars type gameplay, or does it not matter to you? You just want it, or do you think it could have been better in some other fashion, or what? I've I'm going I've never to gotten start. in. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Dang Tiffany, it. please go. <laughs> well, so I actually don't mind Dynasty Warrior or Muso gameplay at all. I got Fire Emblem Warriors when that came out, partially because at the time I was eagerly waiting for the next Fire Emblem uh, installment. So um, Warriors was kind of trying to, it would help tide me over until Fire Emblem Three Houses came out. But I did play through Fire Emblem Warriors. I did beat the story. I played co-op all the way through. Ha- the first half with a friend and then a sec- the second half with Alex. And it was just kind of soothing. I don't know, a hack and slash game where you're just running around trying to meet certain checkpoints and, you know, progress some like mediocre storyline like was was what I needed. You know, play a couple hours, take a break, maybe pick it up again a week later. So honestly, when I saw Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I was a little bit excited. I was excited about it, but because of seeing the storyline from the past and seeing the art style, because I really like the Breath of the Wild art style. However, I I have not pre-ordered this game. And I kind of, I was planning on waiting to hear what, I guess, the community thought about the game. Um, I feel like I would definitely pick it up if it ever goes on sale 
for like $40 or something. Like I feel like in a year after the game has come out and if it's on sale, I'm definitely going to pick it up. But honestly, for this November, especially since Miles Morales, you know, we found out all the dates for next gen for PlayStation. I don't think I really need it right now. But I do think that's a solid game for those who love the Zelda franchise. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that type of game. I've never gotten into it. Um, you know, maybe this would be something I would get into if we really had a, you know, lag and not having many games out, but the timing of this is just <laughs> all wrong for me. Um, November, I'm not going to be wanting to play this game just personally. Um, so, you know, I agree with Tiffany. If this was, you know, the the price was right, maybe, and if there were people to play with, maybe. Um, but honestly, I'll probably skip this um, in whatever story that is and just wait for Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and that's just that's just me personally. Like, people that like it, I'm happy for them. But, yeah, you know, I saw that announcement and I was kind of bummed because I was like, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild 2? Like, this is crazy. Um, and then it wasn't. So Yeah, this will not convince me to buy a Nintendo Switch either. Harsh words, but you know I, I do understand. I, I'm on that fence of I'm not the biggest fan of the Musou genre, but you know depending on the theme uh, of the Musou, I, I I was really big into uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam because I'm a mm-hmm. big Gundam fan. Um, so when those games came out, you know the last one came out like a decade and a half ago at this point. But um, I was a fan of those, and I am excited for the upcoming Persona Five Scramble if Atlas ever decides to port that over. To Western audiences, because uh, it's been out for almost a year now in Japan. So please, Atlas, if you're <laughs> listening, port. We want Persona Five Scramble, or at least I do. So please port it over to the West. Thank you. So does anyone have any uh, other thoughts about the big three? Any? any yeah. Wishes? So I have one more thought for Nintendo. Sure. Um, one one game that I was really excited about um, was Super Mario Bros. Thirty Five. Um, that was released in that direct. It's that. It's basically Tetris 99, but with a reskin of just Super Mario Bros, where you're playing along, and the more enemies that you defeat, they put more enemies on your other, like, other players' screens, so it makes them have, like, more of a difficult time, and then the first, you know, the last Mario to survive wins. Um, It's kind of an interesting Battle Royale uh, game. Of course, this is the same thing as what I was already complaining about earlier in the podcast about it only being available until March. And I think that's so sad because this looks like something that I could just pop in like, hey, I've got, you know, 20 minutes to spare. I've got my switch here. Um, Might as well just play, you know, a couple rounds of this. Um, But I thought it was pretty cool, pretty cool take. So I was it wasn't something I was expecting from the, you know, 35th anniversary direct, uh, but it was something that I was thinking about after you know it had passed you know something i'm thinking about now almost two weeks later so um all cool stuff all right take another note matt prescribes <laughs> mario 35 as great battle royale got it since i have lo- such a long history of being in battle royale games um played my first call of duty battle royale when i figured out that it was free thanks to yasser <laughs> Played with Yasser. Um, so. He's a natural. This will be my second. This will be my second. 
are you guys are you guys gonna jump into Warzone when the Cold War version comes out? <laughs> we'll, and see, updates? we'll see. I I hope that uh, with Black Ops coming out that they have like another zombies because I always loved that like especially with the first Black Ops that was my jam. I love playing zombies. Oh yeah, it's oh, is confirmed. It? Okay. It, it will be yeah, it's it'll be one of the core modes for cool. Black Ops Cold War. So. I'm also highly anticipating that as well, and playing that on my shiny new PS5 disc <laughs> version, not, not the All digital. Right. We'll squat up for a low price of All you right. know seventy, fifty yeah, bucks, you... sixty bucks. Who knows? <laughs> you know, seventy bucks plus like the four hundred for your console <laughs> plus like the cost of a month of PS Plus. You know, but who's yeah, counting, it's right? It's just it's just money. We don't need it. We so speaking this, of right? games being more expensive, do you think they're gonna increase the price of PS Plus since they're adding games? Oh man, I I really think the PS Plus collection was their answer to Game Pass. How so much are they increasing um, the price then? No, I don't think so. I think it's it was their attempt to say that, right, so a lot of the games that they're adding are mostly first party. I know there's things like Monster Hunter Worlds on there, um, but most of the games are Sony Studio developed. And I think they're adding it just as that value add to say, hey, we understand that, you know, when you buy this new console, that's a large purchase. And, you know, as they showed with Demon's Souls, games are going to be expensive next generation. That If you, you know, you're going to have to subscribe to PS Plus to play online anyway, right? Just like with Xbox and Xbox Gold. Um, but if, you know, by doing this to play online, we'll also just give you this additional value at no extra cost. At least as of right now, they haven't said that the price is going up. Um, and if it is, then I'd highly recommend maybe just stockpiling time now, just in case, uh, before it goes up. But yeah, I, I really think they're keeping it the same just to give you that little extra to say, Hey, we can't meet the game pass level of offering you games in that way, but at least we can do it with our first party in this way. There have been rumors about PS plus changing in some way next gen and people have been stockpiling as a result so it'll be interesting i mean it's not obviously a a direct answer to game pass because not only are newer games not going to be on there but obviously the catalog is like a dozen deep but it will be interesting to see if they try to grow that catalog and if so they might be trying to increase the price ps plus as a result too but we'll see maybe they don't um does that mean that they will keep doing monthly ps plus games as well on top of that or is that going to be their replacement? Uh, they haven't said they're, yeah, they haven't said they're not stopping. I think really this is just an ad for PS5 because I think you only get these games on PS5. Yeah. So they're not adding it mm-hmm. for PS4 plus users. So it's just that extra incentive to say whether you're new to the PlayStation ecosystem or you're upgrading to PS5. Here's that extra incentive to do that in either But scenario. if you're coming from the PlayStation ecosystem, uh, you've probably already gotten these games. Yeah. Probably, yes. Yeah, and I don't true. think they really addressed I mean, my- whether or not these are just going to be PlayStation 4 backward compatible games or if they're going to be you know, retouched and, and amplified. At least I didn't catch that. Um, and I watched the IGN post show and they, they were kind of confused on the same thing, whether or not that was the case. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, the the games that they are including are incredible. I'm just now thinking about Persona Five when you were talking. Like that's a huge game I've been wanting to play. So um, it's a lot of hours on there. It's pretty gracious right now. But we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. Right. And I mean, in regards to the plus changing potential in the future, my crackpot theory here, I don't know if anyone else has put it out there yet. Crackpot theory is that with PS5, like later on, not now, that they make online free again, just like it was in PS3, and PS Plus becomes their PS Now kind of fold-in just subscription service. You heard it here first. That's my crackpot theory. So so you just get the PS, what they have as their quote-unquote Game Pass right now. is That's their only subscription service, but you can just play online mm-hmm. for free. At least that's my inner hope as well, because part of why I even, you know, from the PS2 followed into the PS3, even though a lot of my friends did have Xbox 360s back in the day during uh, uh, my school years, was that because I knew I couldn't convince my parents to pay for this internet subscription to play online, that since the PS3 was free online, I could at least convince them to buy the the hardware, right? Because that's how we could play Mm. games before. So... I would hope that maybe that's something they look back to to say that at least in my scenario, I was able to get a next generation console because I didn't have to uh, pay to play online, even though the majority of my friends I couldn't play with anyway because they were on 360. But that is that extra cost that, you know, a lot of people don't realize, right? Because on especially on PC, right? All we do, you know, we're already paying for our ISP. So, but you don't pay any extra fee to play multiplayer on PC. So it is kind of weird that you have to do that for the consoles. I know there's obviously added services, right, with stat tracking and, you know, your profile and security and stuff. So I do appreciate that. But I just think it's something that, you know, please, Sony, if you ever think about going back to that PS3 area era, also the Kevin Butler ads were great. So if you want to hire <laughs> him back and get more ads like that, I'd appreciate it. That'd be hilarious. Okay, so I guess that wraps things up for our kind of next generation expectations and I guess first look, especially with the PS5. So thanks for listening in to this episode of the Recommended Experience Podcast. If you would like to write in, uh, feel free to email rxp.podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we currently have a Twitter. So our Twitter is at rxp underscore podcast. And that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. When you said write in, I thought you were going to say that you're going to have them send us mail to our P.O. box or something. (laughs) We should get a P.O. box.